Hey, Reveal listeners, if you've been listening to American Rehab, you don't need me to tell you about the importance of great investigative journalism. It really helps us when our listeners rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It's so easy to do, and it helps others find our show. So we've got a bonus for the next 200 people who review us, Reveal Tote Bags. Like our t-shirts, they're simple and elegant, dark blue with the word facts written across the front in bold type. So here's what you got to do. Text the word REVIEW to 474747, and we'll give you instructions on how to get one while supplies last. Again, text the word REVIEW to 474747. You can text STOP at any time, and standard rates apply. And when you leave the review, if you want to tell them that Al Ledson is your all-time favorite host, I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to be mad at that. Thank you so much for your review on Apple Podcasts. It makes a huge difference. From the Center for Investigative Reporting in PRX, this is Reveal. I'm Al Ledson. If you caught our last podcast, you know that lead was used for years in paint, plumbing, mining, and more. And you also know that it is still poisoning people in all kinds of ways. New science shows it's not just about kids. More lead means more risk of heart disease for adults. Lead is also spread by bullets. And when that happens, it hurts eagles. President Obama's administration said that's why they tried to phase out lead ammunition on certain federal lands on their last day in office. But President Trump's Interior Secretary, Ryan Zinke, overturned that order his first day on the job. Here's how bullets spread lead. Animals who are not targets of hunters eat the carcasses of game animals. Protected species like eagles can die from this. Reveals Emily Harris went to Wyoming to learn more. And so the magazine goes in here. It's a below-freezing December morning in Wyoming's Bridger-Teton National Forest. And then... This is uh, the safety. Brian Bedrosian uh, gets ready to shoot a deer. He loads Um, just one bullet into the magazine, even though it can hold four. You're going to kill this deer with one shot. You're going to kill this deer with one shot. (laughs) (laughs) We were laughing because the white-tailed deer was already dead before Brian shot it. Guess we'll see if I'm a good shot or not, huh? A car hit it the day before. Brian got the corpse from the highway cleanup crew. We hauled it out here, we set it up on a log and shot it with a lead bullet, all to understand the impact of lead bullets on wildlife. And the entry wound is always small. Brian's a hunter. Um, He's also a bird biologist. Wait, is that the bullet hole? That big rip under the left Yeah, so there's a bullet hole right there. And then in, out. The physics of bullets is good to understand here. And it's fascinating. When a lead bullet hits a deer or an elk or any game, its shape immediately starts to change. And so the bullet hits, and when it hits, the front of the bullet starts to um, mushroom. Like collapse back, sort of? It it either collapses back or kind of peels back, um, just depending on the, the type of bullet you're using. But yeah, so the whole front half of the bullet will essentially, when if you pulled it out, it would look like a mushroom. Studies using x-rays have found that lead fragments can travel through an animal's muscle and guts to more than a foot away from the bullet hole. That's because as a lead bullet releases its energy inside the animal, it can break into fragments as small as dust. And so you could see that, you know, a little bit of the blood came out here. After shooting an animal, many hunters just take the meat they want with them. 
leaving piles of potentially lead-tainted guts for eagles and other wildlife to munch on. The smaller the particle, the more dangerous it is because the smaller it is, the easier it is to pass through the digestive system. The acids eat it up quick and it gets fully assimilated into the, the bird's system. Our next stop is the Rapture Rehabilitation Center that Brian runs, just south of Grand Teton National Park. So here on our left is the Rapture Center. The center is in a soaring old Gothic-style barn in a broad river valley with snow-capped mountains all around. So this is a, the Rapture Barn where we ha house all of our educational birds. And then this is our uh, rehab barn. And this is Megan Warren, our uh, our rehabilitation director. And, and chief snow shoveler. Chief snow shoveler. At least today. Hi, Megan. Hi. Just... Megan takes us inside to a small lab space. She introduces me to a Eurasian eagle owl named K2. Ah! K2 spits out a pellet of bone bits and rodent fur from his last meal, as raptors do. In a dark room off this lab space, a golden eagle is resting. He was brought here with lead poisoning a couple of weeks ago. And this bird, in addition to lead, a blood lead level, he also collided with something and had some head and eye trauma. Lead poisoning can affect a bird's balance, so it can't fly right. Lead can also shut down a bird's digestive system. Okay, we ready? It's time for treatment. Megan quietly opens the eagle's cage. Recorded forest sounds play to keep him calm. Megan and a volunteer cover the eagle's eyes with a little leather hood. They protect his tail with a plastic sleeve. You hold his head. The eagle gets antibiotics, an anti-inflammatory, a medicine to help his stomach problems, also eye drops. He's just finished his last round of medicine to take out the lead. You inject it under the skin, and um, the lead binds with that molecule, and then it makes it puts it into a form that the body can then pass through the urinary tract. How does it compare to what a human goes through for lead treatment? Uh, it's the same. Exact same. Exact same. Like people, more exposure to lead makes birds sicker. How sick also depends on the species. So if you're an eagle that's 20 years old and every year you get exposed to lead during the big game hunting season, and then this year you have just even a little bit you know, of exposure, it's, maybe it's enough to tip you over the edge. And then on the species level, for example, ravens don't, we never see really high levels of lead in ravens. Um, so, so they're as exposed or not as exposed? They're eating the same thing um, and probably as exposed, but there is a, a physiological mechanism that allows them to deal with it better than eagles, for example. And condors uh, on the other extreme are extremely sensitive to it at lower levels. To save the condor, California has banned all lead bullets. It's the only state to have gone that far. Other states do have some restrictions on lead ammunition. And as we mentioned, the Trump administration reversed an Obama decision to fully phase out lead on some federal lands. Lead bullets are allowed on the National Elk Refuge in Jackson Hole, Wyoming. It's our next stop. How's it going? Good, how are you? Good. In a parking lot out on the refuge, we find Caleb Putt, a burly drywall guy. He's bagged at least one elk a year around here since he was a teenager. That's a couple decades worth of elk. He's tracking a herd on the hillside through his binoculars. You want to look? Yeah, thank you. Mm -hmm. There are hundreds up there. Thousands. Actually. That's thousands, you think? I would think there's probably about 2,000. 
I ask him whether he uses lead or lead-free ammunition. He's been really friendly, but with this question, he looks hard at me and replies carefully. Um, it just depends on what I'm hunting with. And you can use lead-free bullets, but they're not as... The trajectory, for some reason, isn't quite as good. Brian jumps into the conversation, and the two of them chat guns and bullet specs in great detail for a couple of minutes. Then Brian points to the logo on his jacket. I'm a Raptor Center guy. And shows his biologist side. I would put a plug in for, for the eagles to use non-lead. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Mm. But uh, what, are the, what happens to the eagles? About two-thirds of the eagles we test out here on the refuge and in the park have elevated lead, and about a third have poisoning levels from the uh, fragmentation in the gut piles. Hmm. Interesting. Brian tells Caleb about an experiment he ran with hunters in the area. It was uh, 2000, I think, 12, 13. I handed out free ammo. Oh, um, really? And then sold it at, at cost for about two years. And as the number of hunters using non-lead increased, we saw a corresponding decrease of lead in the eagles. Man, that's awesome. Yeah, so I was pretty pretty psyched about it. Oh, and I thought you were just about to give me a box of bullets. <laughs> Brian's research matches other studies. Caleb's back to feeling friendly. Brian takes the plunge. Let me, let me ask you this. Why, why don't you use non-lead? I guess just because I favor this, this the, the trajectory and the way this shoots through my weapon. Hunters groups often say that non-lead bullets don't shoot as well. Texas and Arizona got hunters to try non-lead and then asked them what they thought. The vast majority said lead-free bullets worked just fine. Brian asked Caleb, well... What if... Let's say, you know, you were taking out your neighbor's kid or something. Would you promote him using non-lead in his gun? Oh, well, that's a good, that's a good question. No. I, I got to no, tell you, I probably fall in that group of people that haven't given it enough consideration. Yeah. And Brian leaves it there. They talk elk recipes a little bit. Pokogi, euros, and fajitas are our three main ones. And seriously, elk burgers, probably not much better you're ever going to taste in your life, done the right way. Then we part ways with Caleb. Next time you see me out here, bring me a box of bullets. (laughs) Brian wants to get rid of lead bullets, but in a way that hunters will accept. He has some hope because duck hunters switched over to lead-free shot after a federal ban 20 years ago. As we hike up a short, steep hill on the Elk Refuge, I ask Brian what he thought about Caleb. Okay, when I first said lead bullets, he totally looked me over like, yep. who the hell are you and what do you want? Yep. Yeah. You caught that look too? Oh, absolutely. The, the, his whole body position shifted, um, which is not uncommon. You know, this is a long-term play. It's going to take a generational shift. You know, if somebody starts hunting with non-lead... They'll hunt non-lead their whole life. He didn't know about the eagles, though. No, and that's, uh, you know, it's good for me to hear that he didn't know about the eagles, and he was open to it. He seemed like a very educated and ethical hunter. Caleb had suggested Brian work up a simple visual he could show elk hunters. Brian's already figured that out. He uses the elk guts that hunters leave behind. So I'm just looking. There's a gut pile. All right, so you see... On this bright, clear winter day on the refuge, piles of elk innards dot the frozen grass of the wide plain. There's a lot of black specks out there. How, how high up? On the ground. They're all on the ground. Oh, oh, oh yeah, 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 
yeah, I yeah. see them, yes. That's a feeding frenzy. There's a bunch of eagles in there, too. Oh. I could see some white heads. A half a dozen bald eagles feast on one pile. Let's stop and take a look. As we approach, they scatter. Oh, that is a gut pile. Oh, yeah. Brian slits the elk's stomach. And this can sometimes get a little ripe. And dumps out stinky, half-digested grasses. Ew. It's pretty gross. He moves the pile to a sled. We collect a couple more and then load all three gut piles onto his truck. And then we head back to the rapture center to x-ray them. That's elk gut pile number one. Yeah, so this is... This is uh, one of the ones that the birds were feeding on. We don't see much in the first two x-rays, but the third is different. In this corner. Bright white dots grouped together. Brian says this is how metal shows up on x-rays. They're pretty small little particles, but I do think it's lead. Not a ton, but still enough to make an eagle sick. Then we x-ray the deer we know was shot with a lead bullet because we did it. All right, let's uh, get the x-ray plate ready on the ground. Okay. He arranges the deer corpse on the x-ray plate. Okay, let's try that. Stands over it and pushes go. It takes a couple minutes to process and to get the image on the computer screen, but no time at all to find the bullet wound. Yeah. I think I can already see why it flex. You sure can. A channel. Bright spots are clearly grouped around the bullet hole. Brian zooms in. With just his eyeball and a ruler, he finds metal about four inches from the bullet wound. He tries to count the flecks, but there are too many. One lead bullet. Hundreds, hundreds of fragments. Studies have found enough particles of lead in game meat that several states caution young children and pregnant women about eating game shot with lead. Direct harm to humans isn't clear. But Brian knows that what we see on this x-ray is enough to seriously hurt any wildlife that would have scavenged it. Killing eagles is a federal crime. Punishment is a $100,000 fine or a year in jail. But there is no penalty for death by lead bullet dust. By the way, no birds ate that deer corpse Brian shot. He took it to a dump where animal remains are buried. And no one knows for sure how that eagle that was getting treated at the Raptor Center got exposed to lead. But unfortunately, its injuries were too much. The eagle did not survive. Thanks to Emily Harris for bringing us this story. If you missed our previous podcast, check it out for more stories about how lead can harm people even decades after they were exposed. I just feel like that we were collateral damage to make money for the industry. Just go to revealnews.org slash podcast to subscribe. Thanks to the staff who worked on today's show, including production manager Mwende Enaosa. Our sound design team is the dynamic duo, Jay Breezy, Mr. Jim Briggs, and Fernando, my man, yo, Aruda. Our acting CEO is Krista Scharfenberg. Amy Powell's our editor-in-chief. Our executive producer is Kevin Sullivan. Our theme music is by Camarado, Lightning. Support for reveals provided by the Reva and David Logan Foundation, the John D. and Catherine T. MacArthur Foundation, the Jonathan Logan Family Foundation, the Ford Foundation, the Heising Simons Foundation, and the Ethics and Excellence in Journalism Foundation. Reveal is a co-production of the Center for Investigative Reporting and PRX. I'm Al Letson. And remember, there is always more to the story.